Welcome back to a brand new episode of Conversations with Coley. I am author Nicole Miller of the book series A through Z Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I'm writing to bridge the gap in communication between parents and children of all ages, tackling all topics, especially those tough subjects. Thank you for joining me and my guests as they share their experience and how they turned it around to improve their lives. For the next hour, spend time listening to our conversation about some of the most arduous situations or moments when all hope felt lost. But instead of giving up, they pushed through. Episode of Conversations with Coley. Today I am speaking to John Sansoni. John is known as the sales warrior. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks, Nicole. So, uh, so happy to be on your show this morning. Thank Stuart. you. I'm a pr- I appreciate you wanting to be on the show. So I always start with an icebreaker question. So this one is yours. What's one bucket list item you hope to accomplish? Oh, that is so easy. So uh, I'm in the process of getting a, uh, a condo on the lake really close to my house and continuing to have my house. But that's my that's my next item on my list is to get a uh, property on the lake close to my house. I like it. I like it. Living by the water is very peaceful. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So tell everybody about yourself. Well, so uh, I've been professionally selling for 32 years. Um, one, one thing I always like to share with people is like I was not a straight A student in uh, in high school or in uh, or in college. I didn't make bad grades, but I, I wasn't like National Honor Society or, or anything like that. Um, but I'm a student of positive motivational attitude. And, and I've been in that process for over 30 years. Like I read the power of positive thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale when I was in third grade. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I had a uh, grandparent that was in a uh, multi-level marketing deal. And he said, you really ought to read this. I really think you care too much about what people think. And, uh, I know such a strange thing to say to a third grader, so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that just planted the seed to, uh, explore, uh, growth as an individual my entire life. And I continue to do it. Like last year I read 14 books. I went in and I counted, I read 14 books, uh, this year in, in some books I'm just finishing up, but I think this year I've read three so far. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And, I and know. I'm on a new one. Bill Gates, doesn't he read like six or seven books on like a short vacation or something? I mean, he is devouring education at a fast yeah. rate. Yeah. So you I, always uh, are learning. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I feel like it gives me so much insight when I'm problem solving and in business and in life, just because I'm constantly getting new knowledge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in all different kinds of areas too. Like, yeah. you know. It's, it's intriguing, but I would, uh, I would encourage people to get inspired by things all around you because they're there. You just need to be open and aware of what's going on around you and you can get inspired. So talk about your work and how you came to a mental health situation with that work. Well, so when you're in sales, it's constant rejection. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of people think of the unknown, like you're constantly dealing with the unknown mm-hmm. and the unknown is scary. 
Because your income is unknown, correct? You're yeah. you were commission based. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everything's unknown. The only thing you you can really work on is your own self esteem. That's the only thing you can know. That's why I always encourage people, and this is something I've done for years, is put together uh, ten things that you're really proud of and uh, and jazz you. And and those ten things are going to be some something for different for everybody, Nicole. But um, but if you do it, then when you walk into a sales meeting, or when you walk into a business meeting. Uh, you have a tough problem in life, you know who's in the room with you. It's you and all your accomplishments. It's not just you by yourself. And it's so, so important to build yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about what being in sales for so long did to your mental health. Well, I had to grow as an individual. Um, There's a term in psychology, it's called lizard thinking. Are you familiar with it? I've heard the term, but I'm not real familiar. No. Okay. That's how most of us are wired. We are wired to go outside. If it's cold, we're cold. And if we go outside, it's hot, we're hot. Just like a lizard. We're a product of our environment. In sales, you can't be a product of your environment because you're constantly getting negativity. So so, so you got to be like vision oriented. Like I'm going to do X amount of business this month, this quarter, this year. And, and then you got to be aware of what's going on around you and, and you got to make it happen and you got to be available mentally for the opportunities. Um, and you can't be lizard thinking. You you have to be a positive motivational attitude. Mm-hmm. I, I always use evil Knievel as an example, is an example of positive motivational attitude. I don't know if you've ever watched him on YouTube or whatever, when he jumps the uh, cars and such. I remember watching him as a kid on TV. Like I would see glimpses of him. I think on the news, I didn't he do the Grand Canyon or was that his kid? That was his son. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. But the the thing about like what he did, his motorcycles uh, weighed about 400, 500 pounds. Unreal. Like with him on it, the motorcycle is 400. With him on it, we're talking over 500 pounds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And literally he had to get on a ramp and uh, get to about 80 or 90 miles an hour on a motorcycle and just jump. And that's life, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sales. The good yeah. news is, is like when I jump, I'm not going to crash and, you know, break a bunch of bones. But uh, but it's still that fear. And, and you just got to jump into it. Um, and that's everybody. I mean, everybody's going to face fear. Mm-hmm. And it's how you handle fear of whether you're going to be successful or not. Mm-hmm. And what about the ebbs and the flows of sales? Because in sales, it's very uncertain. There are ebbs yeah. and there are flows. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, you, you got to constantly be looking at what's next. And like the way I work is I do a lot of prospecting. So I never hardly ever have a bad month or a bad quarter because I prospect constantly. And, uh, and then what I do is I do my follow-ups on typically Wednesday for the business that's really hot. And then Friday for the business that, uh, that I just have to like do customer service on and really close it well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think in business, the more you wow your customers, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a good example that I can give for people in life is uh, go into your favorite restaurant 
where the waiter treats you or waitress treats you above and beyond anybody else in the restaurant. And, uh, and now you know how to live your life. You know how to serve others. You know how to focus not just on your own needs, but other people's needs. Um, if you watch somebody that's good at this job, they're going to be a quick thinker. They're going to have incredible people skills. Uh, I can't ask for, I can't, I can't think of a better example of an amazing salesperson than somebody that works in a restaurant. And also can't think of something that is more of a situation where you could get burned out if you, mm -hmm. if you let it get to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that's all business. It's not just like waiting tables. It's not just like selling software and doing stuff like I've done. Um, it's in all of life. And, and I think the more you break down your life into analogies and, and compare what you do with what maybe some famous people do, like I do that all the time. I don't know why I do that all the time. I, I think it's like, it takes me out of my reality a bit and makes what I do more special. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Like I always think of myself as a salesperson, as like a lead guitarist in a rock band. And, and, and when I, and when I have a sales meeting, I always think of it as like, okay, I'm on stage. I'm like, it is time to play. I'm ready to rock and roll. And, and I know I don't, and I can't even really play any guitar, but, uh, but it's a way to uh, inspire yourself to do more mm -hmm. and, uh, and say stuff to yourself. And the way you talk about yourself is so, so important. So if you call yourself a rock star, uh, man, I'm a rock star. And, and, and like, I do this all the time. Like if I don't get the result that I want to get, I congratulate myself for doing the actions that get the good results. Like I'm like, hey, you know what? I can't make that individual buy from me, but by God, I did a great job. Mm -hmm. and, and if I lose a customer, I always do a gut check and I look at, well, did I do a great job? Yeah, mm -hmm. I did a great job. And, uh, and I can always feel good about doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. You and I think very similarly. I wrote what I call the order of service for serving people and guaranteeing yourself 25% tips almost every time and awesome. treating treating people like they're rock stars, giving them an experience over feeding their bellies. And so you are resonating with me wholeheartedly because that's exactly how I approached okay. my what looked like to everyone else menial job. Hey, Zig Ziglar says there's no such thing as a small job. They're just small people. Right, exactly. And, uh, and he's absolutely correct. Um, yeah, the, uh, the other thing I think is really helpful when, when we talk about like job burnout is uh, the more you're not so much into your job, but you're into your life. Yeah. And, and your job gets you what you want out of life. And if you think about your life or your job uh, as a game, it becomes more fun. Mm -hmm. Like everybody likes to play a game. And uh, in, in the more you make your life more like a game, the more fun it is. Like, mm -hmm. especially when you have something you don't want to do either in work or in life, you always put a carrot in front of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like this uh, show on Netflix that I really, really want to watch. Well, after I fold this basket of laundry, I'm going to watch that show or better yet, while I watch that show, I'm going to fold the basket of laundry. So, and, and you find yourself getting more and more done mm -hmm. because you're constantly making it more fun for yourself. Do for yourself what others won't do for you. Um, and, and you'll have a wonderful life. And, and it's and empowering. 
it's empowering yes yes and 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 speak and speak positively about everything you you do be honest with yourself of course but but also speak positive like that's one thing that i've learned from third grade on is the power of positive thinking and the power of speaking it into existence so so wonderful Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people um, kind of, they either accept manifestation or they scoff at it. Do you have an opinion on manifesting and if it's important in sales, important in life, Absolutely. and if you resonate with that? Absolutely. Manifestation, I can talk a lot about. Okay, good. Because a lot of people that don't understand it, like I said, they kind of look at you and go, oh yeah, manifest it, but they don't, they just know it as a hashtag. They don't know it as it being actually something that's very possible and very real. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my podcast was a manifestation. It started off as a thought. My, uh, my book started off as I should write a book, but you got to like, it's not just you have to do something. You have to figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but, but two, I think it goes farther than that, especially in business. Like when I start a new year, a new quarter, which I'm in right now, I, uh, I make a list of everybody that I'm trying to sell to and exactly what I think they're going to buy. And, uh, and I look at it constantly. Um, and then as the business comes in, I tally it up to keep me like jazzed mm-hmm. because uh, I got to have a measuring stick of what's going on. Um, and two, it's just like a game. Like you play basketball and uh, either like a college game or a uh, or just a high school game. They got a scoreboard up. Why do they have a scoreboard? We're keeping score. And, and in business, you're keeping score. So that's a big part of manifestation. And the power, and I say this on uh, Nicole on so many podcasts where I'm interviewed, and I hope to God that somebody will listen to this because it can change your life. But um, but write uh, a list of uh, written manifestations, goals, uh, something that inspires you in your life, but write 10 things you really want to do in your life. Mm-hmm. And then and then start breaking it down on a month by month basis. What would you like to accomplish like this month? You know, and um, it's just wonderful to do it because because when you start, especially when you make short term goals, and I don't know what short term goals are for people, but like if you have a house, at some point you have to change out all your light bulbs. That's a short term goal, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's a point of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So little things like that can jazz you. And, uh, and make you feel like you're, you're, you're moving forward in life. Mm-hmm. That, that's the other thing, like celebrate the little wins Yeah. And, and have gratitude for like what's going on in your life. Yeah. Like most people don't. Yeah. And I think a lot of them don't see it because they're not present. Yeah. They're not present. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, most people aren't present. They're either locked into the past or worried about the future. Yeah. But they're not living in the day. Yeah, 100%. And then and, they don't recognize everything yeah. that is possible for them, really. And, and, and that's where you get your insight is living in the moment. Um, you can't be observant of what's going on around you and analytical of what's going on around you and have a greater appreciation for what's going on around you 
if you're worried about the past or scared about the future, yeah. you can't live in the present. And if you can't live in the present, you're not living. That's 100% the truth. You and I are resonating very well with each other. I am on all your levels right now. 100%. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a bit about recognizing burnout, because I think sometimes when we're burnt out, we don't see it. So maybe somebody's out there and they're just hating going to work and hating everything about life. How can they recognize that they are indeed burnt out? It's not the world. It's their their mindset okay well and i'm not going to know what everybody does for a living right but but sometimes if you're uh, if you're burned out you know it's kind of, it's it's kind of like sometimes you have a cold um, but sometimes you have cancer mm -hmm. and uh so there's no way to know like what level of burnout somebody's in right. and, and and i always mention this because i'm not a mental health professional and don't claim to be but mm -hmm. but truly that you know there's a suit 1-800 suicide hotline if you need to talk to somebody uh in your community there's going to be uh free mental health that's available to you um you know talk to a friend talk to somebody who knows you don't uh you know don't leave this world because uh, you don't understand you know don't leave this world because you think there's nothing left for you or this help. moment is bad because we're all going to find those little bad moments, but we can absolutely. get past them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but how you recognize it is uh, it's like a party you don't want to go to. You, you're not excited to get up and go to work. And that's a good example. Mm -hmm. uh, if you uh, if you start work on Monday and on Sunday, you're getting a sick feeling in your stomach. You're probably burned out. If you're telling your friends you're burned out, you're probably burned out. I sound like Jeff Foxworthy, um, <laughs> but uh, but most people, you just got to be honest with yourself. If you're burned out, like quite honestly, in what I do, I'm in professional consulting. I got burned out really badly about nine years ago, and uh, and I've been in professional sales for 32 years, so uh, I got really burned out. And you know, speaking to the same customers year after year after year about the same stuff. I could almost tell you what the conversation was going to be before we had our meeting. Mm. That's how, that's how, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. how I and, and so what I did was I went about and I actually uh, approached the, the business unit and said, Hey, I'm going to bring on a whole bunch of new clients. And then I got out a piece of paper and I said, this is what my new client's going to be like. And I was very specific. I was like, my new client's going to be this, 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 this. We're talking about manifestation. Then I went out and found those people, yeah. those clients. And uh, and then I've hired people who I've taught to do the same thing that I did for my business. Mm -hmm. so, so I've duplicated myself as well, which when you talk about wealth creation, so important to duplicate yourself. Yeah. You, uh, you can't be super, you can be successful, but you can't be super successful if you haven't duplicated yourself. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I think a lot of people kind of see themselves as if I if I delegate it, it's not going to give I'm not going to get the credit. It almost feels like yeah. so they take it all on themselves and then burnout happens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and being part of a team, it's hard to be burned out when you're part of a team. Yeah, because you just delegate a little bit to everyone and everyone's happy and it can be fun. 
Absolutely. And you know, something else that helps with burnout, and I think about this a lot, everybody, as we get older, you need to have a friend that's 10 years younger than you. <laughs> yeah. And maybe one 10 years older too. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you can all compare notes and you go, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to think. Um, I can't remember. I'm, I'm thinking like, how old was I? But I think I was in my 40s, maybe. Uh, and, and I had two friends of mine that would come over almost every weekend and drink beer with me that were in their 60s. Yeah. And we had a blast and I learned so much from them. Yeah. And it was like, you know, two drunk uncles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they teach you stuff. Yes. So, I love that. But, but yeah, so uh, it's so powerful to bring new people into your life um, and particularly younger people, because uh, there's just something to be gained that that youthful uncertainty. And then they and then you can be there from them. And then they can teach you things that you're not going to know because of the age difference. Yeah. So, uh, so I am a big believer in like make new friends and it's really nice to make a friend that's 10 years younger than you, you know, people that are also in your pocket too. You want to have friends that are like your same age, uh, and older friends. I, I agree with that as well. But, but when you think about burnout, like one of the ways I don't get burned out is, uh, I constantly share with the younger people yeah. how I do things. Mm -hmm. And so then it's not just making money. It's not just making a sell. I feel like in some small way, I am able to encourage the youth to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm a motivational speaker because, uh, having any level of success without having any, uh, way to, uh, share it is, uh, it's not true success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I agree with connecting with the young too, because their insights can help evolve your way of thinking. Oh too. yeah. I've learned a lot from younger people. Same, same. And you know, a lot of them, I'm like, dude, where'd you get all that insight? You're right. <laughs> I'm going to ride with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah. There's so much to be gained from, you know, and again, it's, it's about being in the moment and uh and being present mm -hmm. and uh, so if somebody's burnt out what how, what are what are what is step number one for them to to change it so that they can start feeling fulfilled again in their in their life in their career i think it's really important that everybody understands themselves mm -hmm. and uh, if they're truly burned out they got to ask themselves why you got to ask yourself good questions so why am i burned out like i knew why i was burned out because I was like, oh my God, we just had Groundhog Day. I just thought, God, I am definitely in Groundhog Day. I mean, <laughs> I am doing the same thing that I've done for over 10 years. And uh, I don't even have to think about it barely anymore. And, um, and I'm like, well, what would, and then you got to ask yourself a good question. Okay, well, I'm honest with myself. I am burned out. What's going to make me happy? That's a great thing for everybody to ask themselves. Like, what would make me happier? What can I do right now to make me happier? And then get out a list and create a vision for if you're burned out, what if you weren't burned out? What would your life be like? Mm -hmm. And you start, when you start asking yourself good questions, you're starting to take control of your life. Even, even if in the moment you really don't have 
the material means to do anything about your life. And, and that was me when I was 22 years old, I was sitting in an apartment and I was kind of depressed. I was in this kind of big apartment, but it was an old apartment. And uh, we had a roach, I had a roach problem and, mm -hmm. uh, and I was in there and I had this crappy $50 TV that an old girlfriend's dad sold me out of his basement. I didn't even <laughs> have a good television set and uh, forget about having cable. I didn't even have a good television set. I had this old couch that, uh, that I think my last roommate gave me as I moved out into my own place. I mean, talk about starting from the, uh, from the beginning, mm -hmm. but as I sat in that crappy couch and as I, and, and as I watch Canadian football, because I'm a huge football fanatic to the point where as when NFL's over, I'm watching Canadian league, um, <laughs> as I sat in that crappy couch and I looked around the, I couldn't, I, I couldn't yet envision a giant screen TV. Cause this was in like 1989. 1990 time frame, but, um, but I was in there and I was like, I was envisioning what would it be like if this place looked cool? You know, what kind of couch would I be sitting on? Mm -hmm. what, what would my TV be like? Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I created that reality and I pursued that reality. That's honestly how I met my wife too. I had this list of goals. One of my goals was to join a sand volleyball league and, uh, and also wanted to, you know, find a, uh, find a girlfriend, possibly wife at some point. And, uh, my wife approached me with her business card and said, Hey, call me. We're looking for guys for our sand volleyball league. And I was like, Oh my God, it's <laughs> so strange. Right. Like, it's, you know, and at the time, Nicole, I, I didn't think that my wife and I like my future wife. Yeah. I, I didn't even think I wanted to be like, boyfriend girlfriend I, I just thought that I saw she had like six girlfriends and that's all I saw no problem no <laughs> problem yeah you got to be open you can't let fear get in your way yeah um, but yeah I mean people got to be honest with themselves getting back to being burned out you got to be honest with yourself um you know it probably helps to have a friend group people yeah. you can talk to bounce Common, things off of. yeah somebody who's you know like-minded but positive yes. minded not ones that are gonna make it make you play into the oh uh, what was me <laughs> absolutely yeah stay away from those people yes 100 <laughs> so tell i had a lunch about... group that i had to leave because of that did you really yeah, yeah. they kept bringing me down on a day-to-day -day basis and and i just thought you know what I'd much rather read a book at lunch. Yeah. Um, and and if you're at a lunch group, I mean, that's something that you choose to go to. So why would you choose to be made to feel lesser than? And it's just like, I get that people get upset about stuff and I do too. Yeah. But like day in and day out, complaining about your situation where, where one, you're employed. Yeah. Two, you have air conditioning in the, uh, in the summer, you have heat in the winter. Um, you know, hardly anybody I've done work with came from a bad background, like, you know, where they were so poor, they didn't know they were going to eat one day or not. Right. Um, most Americans don't ever experience that. Uh, I've experienced that a little bit because in my early twenties, I was unemployed. 
-hmm. all I had was unemployment income. Mm -hmm. And uh, I allotted myself like $10 a week for groceries. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get creative to eat. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was able to survive. I don't know mm -hmm. how, but I was so darn creative. And, mm -hmm. and I made it fun too. I had $10 for groceries. So I would make a casserole and then I would, uh, and I would make like, like I wasn't worried about my weight. I was worried about eating. So, uh, so I would make like pies and cakes. And so I explored my creative side on like next to no money. Right. And you can eat that because you're not, you're not engorging yourself on a starter, a uh, a main and then a dessert. You are only surviving on dessert. Oh yeah. I, had, <laughs> I mean, think at ten dollars. Yeah. Like, I was eating the same thing every single day. I can you remember. Have to make it fun. What's that? You have to make it fun if it's like that. Oh you know? my god, yeah. yeah. But then when you get through that and you get to the next level, mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're burned out, it's 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 God telling you, you need to do something different. So I don't want to, I don't want to tell people that, Hey, you need to make your life and not make any changes. You might need to make some changes, Yeah. Uh, but make them from a point of power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they ever... can be simple changes. Simple changes can really drastically change your life. I agree. Like when I'm working, cause I work from home now, um, this sounds really strange probably to a lot of people, but like, as I'm sitting, and I'm a little like, if I just change my posture a little bit and sit a little bit different, it changes my outlook sometimes. Mm -hmm. It sounds strange, but it does. Mm -hmm. uh, Tell us about being the sales warrior. Well, so the sales warrior was a vision that I put together uh, really to just share with the universe what I think authentic selling is. And it's, I think what authentic selling is, is, is a lot different than uh than what a lot of people teach like i'm more about the connection with the client and the customer mm -hmm. and really understanding what the customer wants and having a respect for what the customer wants and while doing that i like to drip on why the customer should like me mm -hmm. and, and the reason because people can pretty much buy what anybody has to sell from anybody mm -hmm. like if, if if you're in sales or business and and you're under the misconception that what you have is not available from five competitors then then you're not living in the real world right now it might not be exactly like what you have but it would fill the need mm -hmm. and uh, you know what, what would be an example well if you think about cars so if you're selling uh, Toyotas or you're selling Kias or you're selling Chevrolets and you're like, well, Kia doesn't have such and such and so and so. Well, if uh, if the customer doesn't like you, it's highly unlikely they're going to buy from you. Right. I don't care how cheap your car is. I don't care what the warranty is. People buy from people. And, and that's what I teach in the sales warrior. It's also an attitude. It's, it's an attitude of like, if you ever look at the, uh, the front cover of my book, it's a, uh, it's a military officer and he has a phone and he's like this and he's like screaming into it. And, uh, and that's kind of the intensity you have to have to get a meeting. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> like That's the, it, it, 
and it doesn't mean you have to scream at a client or a prospect, but, but it's more the feeling and the intensity mm-hmm. that you have to have to make it happen. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's like the guy in the NFL that has to kick the extra point. That's a lot like what sales is. You got to be there in the moment and you got to kick that ball as hard as you can, as straight as you can through the uprights with everybody screaming. And so you got to be focused. Yeah. And the pressure is on. And sometimes and the, the pressure, pressure is, is on, right? Our own incomes, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. But, you know, Nicole, the more you make it a game and, and, and the more you prospect and the more you get a system down, the less you are worried about having a bad month, a bad quarter, and a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. You do end up hitting the stride once the confidence comes and the rewards just follow. So it does become, it does just become the way of life and the way you conduct yourself and the way you show up. I know that that's how it was for me when I started developing, how am I going to make the top most tips that I can with this small amount of things on this here menu that cost no more than $12? How am I going to live the lifestyle I want? I love it. That. And I did it and I did it successfully. And for you. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and it's all about the mindset, the way you look at it. I would have people say to me when I said, this is my career, they would say serving a waitress is a career now. Um, maybe. (laughs) Why not? Hey, you know what? It's all good. Yeah. uh, There's wonderful ways to make a living. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you can make a career out of being a, uh, some of the things I learned when I was a waiter still serves me today. Mm-hmm. Um, like the persona that I had to create, like we all live in characters. Mm-hmm. And the character that I use on a day-to-day basis in my professional business is the same character that I developed at 16 waiting tables at a, at a, uh, at a breakfast place. Yeah, yes. And, and our meals were like five bucks a pop. Yeah, exactly. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's the whole thing. Those are the things that mold you. Those are the things that carry you on your journey of whatever it might be. So are you, do you teach classes, John? Well, so um, right now what I do is I stay super busy with my business. And so at some point I probably will do. I have done that for some sales groups, what have you. Um, and at some point I might do some one-on-one teaching as well. I've done some of that in the past. I, I honestly, I just, I don't need the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and primarily I'm focused on my book. Mm-hmm. So if people, uh, people want to get my book. It's just out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, sales warrior. Mm-hmm. If they need to get a hold of me and stay in touch with me, because who knows what this vision is going to bring? I thought about doing an online class. Um, yeah. So. And online classes are where it's at, especially when you have yeah. good nuggets of information like you have. Our website is saleswarriorinspire.com. I just love, you know, being a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Uh, it just jazzes me. I, I can remember even when I was in my, really difficult times in software business. That's the most relentless business because you could spend your day literally not talking to anybody. 
sending a ton of emails, talking to a lot of voicemails. Um, and then it starts coming back to you. So like the people that you left voicemails for call you back and then boom, you got to be in the moment and, mm -hmm. uh, and ready to get out there and get their attention so that, uh, you can manifest business. And, uh, but the reason I bring it up is many times in my early twenties and early thirties, one of the ways I motivated myself was saying that, Hey, one day, what I'm learning, I can share with the world. Mm -hmm. Like I could be a motivational speaker, like a Zig Ziglar can't do it now per se, just because I'm in the, I'm in the zone. I got two kids to put through college. You know, I'm like, it's yeah. not that I couldn't make money doing it, but I'm just like, I'm so into this paradigm and this paradigm works for me. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to jump out of this paradigm. And, uh, but when you do, when you do, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I think sky's going to be the limit. I mean, mm -hmm. I just really enjoy inspiring people. I feel like, you know, God has a plan for all of us. Right. And in some respects, we don't get to choose it. Like, I don't get to choose whether I'm a good singer or not. I don't get to choose whether I have the dexterity to play electric guitar, um, which I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but, but, you know, God has uh, given me the ability to be a good orator. Uh, has, has given me an amazing memory to bring up things that have happened in my life or I've read in books that can really benefit people. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's something I, I read a lot, Nicole. So I always inspire people to start reading biographies about famous people. Yeah. Because, because you can get so much insight and, uh, and you don't know like what you're going to read. It's going to really inspire you in, in, in obstacles that you're going to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I read the biography of Edison Ford and I can't remember who the third one was because I read a lot of, of biography books, but I oh, got nice. to read I got to read and see for myself in my new way of thinking like, oh, so Thomas Edison tried, failed, tried, failed, tried, failed, succeeded. Look, we have lights. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can learn from people of the past. Absolutely, you can. And the present. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the guy that started McDonald's, Ray mm -hmm. Kroc. Well, actually... right. It wasn't yeah. Ray. It was the McDonald's brothers. Well, they started it. And, and that's a great story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. On, so, uh, on so many levels, this teaches us a lot. Mm -hmm. So oh, a lot yeah. of people don't know that, like, the guy that uh, they named the Big Mac after, uh, soon after he parted company with Ray Kroc and uh, the McDonald's brothers basically left their own business, uh, he retired and went to Florida. And I think he died like five years later of a massive heart attack. Mm. Uh, and some people hear the story of McDonald's and Ray Kroc and they think to themselves that uh, you know, Ray Kroc, who created, I don't know, a $600 million business at the time, mm -hmm. uh, who died of pancreatic cancer and was a really bad smoker, um, left it all to his wife who pretty much gave it all away, uh, that he was the, uh, he was the success. He was the business success. I don't think of Ray Kroc as being a life success and people might argue with me on that, 
But I look at the McDonald's brothers who who put together these ideas mm-hmm. that are still used today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in the McDonald's restaurants. And they got to retire each of them on $1.5 million. Yeah. And back then when they got that money, that was like getting $7 million. Right, right. So, and it was for the concept of the speedy service. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Ray and, Kroc then developed yeah. it into a real estate franchising deal. That's true. You yep. got it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, it, that was genius on his mm-hmm. attorney and his part to, to start not allowing the, uh, the franchisees to own the real estate and basically having them buy the real estate. And then the hamburger business created the rental income. Mm-hmm. In the franchise fees, but but truly, what made McDonald's so wealthy was the real estate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. John, I could talk to you all morning. <laughs> I really could, because um, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, me I, too. I'm all about business. I'm all about you know all of everything that we're talking about today. <laughs> um, so, talk about your podcast a bit. So people can follow more of you. Okay. So, so my podcast was created because it was right during the election and, uh, and people were just so disgruntled with each other on both sides. Like family members were fighting with family members and it was just so, uh, binary. You're either on this side or you're on that side and, uh, people were button heads. And I just said, you know what? This is the first thing I've said. Uh, well, actually, it all started because of Brendan Bouchard. So I attended one of Brendan Bouchard's uh, motivational uh, events. And he said, you need to write a book. You need to create a master class. And you need to um, have a way to grow your audience. And I thought, podcast. Mm-hmm. So that so that's the term podcast hit me. I was like, I'm going to have my own podcast. And and I'd already been interviewed on a bunch of people's podcasts. And I'm like, there's more to me than um, being in professional sales. Like I'm funny and I have a lot of funny stories and what have you. So, uh, so I'm like, and this is a way to bring joy to the world. You know, it doesn't cost, it doesn't cost anything as John Belushi would say in animal house. Yeah. And uh, you that's and then the whole thing, it just kept like bubbling up and bubbling up. And and then you talk about manifestation. I was walking my dog and I was saying, OK, it's going to be comedy. And then I had to have a gut check. I'm like, I think I'm funny. <laughs> really funny. I mean, I'm not a professional comedian. I, right. I don't go on stage and tell jokes. Right. Um, I can tell a good story, though. And, uh, and I have a lot of really good stories. And so then my marketing mind hit me and I'm like, okay, so it's going to be comedy. We've decided that I'm going to let people come on and uh, get interviewed by me. Then they can advertise whatever they want on my show. I'll advertise my book on my show, my motivational business. And then it got born out of there. And I'm like the eighties, everybody's nostalgic about the eighties. When, when we were kids, People are nostalgic about the 50s and the 60s. Like yes. The 70s sitcoms were based upon the 50s and the 60s, and primarily the 50s. The 60s were actually like, for a while, we acted like they didn't happen. Yeah. Like, I can't even remember a sitcom where 
you know, they're talking about John F. Kennedy or anything right. like that. But we did have happy days, Laverne and Shirley. Wonder years, I think later, because they yeah. didn't they talk about it a little bit. Maybe so. Yeah. I started but, getting so busy in my life. I didn't know what the sitcoms <laughs> were, but, but, yeah. but people are always nostalgic for the past. And people yeah. have a lot of nostalgia about the 80s. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm an Alice Cooper fan. I actually have my Alice Cooper I see that. On. I was going to compliment you. One of my oh, first favorite videos that I ever saw. Remember when they used to play videos like at midnight on a Friday? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. my favorite, favorite first video was Alice Cooper's Poison. I freaking loved that video. That's a good <laughs> I one. I lived for that. I lived for that. So, so if you go out on YouTube, go out on YouTube and put in MTV 80s videos, and you'll be amazed how many videos are out there. I know. I love it. It's pretty cool. Okay, so more about my podcast. Yes. So, um, so then I just... Uh, I started writing all these stories that I had, real stories that I had. I uh, I gained a female uh, co-host. I since now don't have a female co-host. It was just so inconsistent. Like sometimes mm -hmm. they would attend, sometimes they wouldn't attend. Right. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to do a female co-host. So I'm not doing a female co-host. Yeah, because anymore. consistency is everything with a podcast. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I've had some really neat things happen. So I had a gentleman that I interviewed um He's uh, Jeffrey Gurian. He is a, a an author, mm -hmm. a best-selling author on Amazon. Uh, he also used to write jokes for Rodney Dangerfield. I oh, cool. Him. That's I fun. Interviewed, I interviewed a guy who was in charge of all of the uh, concert promotions in the 80s for like Kiss. Oh, and cool. And he also traveled internationally with Kiss. So if band. somebody's looking for your podcast how do they find it where do they where do they listen well, to you yeah they can go out on youtube and they can put in just my name john space sales warrior that's my awesome. channel or they can go out to my website and just go saleswarriorinspire.com uh, my podcast is right there under the headline let's laugh um two you can put in schools out 80s comedy story time in youtube and i'll pop up i'll have on a uh, black cowboy hat cool so, so yeah, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm trying, he doesn't know it yet, but, um, one of the lead singers of Motley Crue, I'm trying to bring him on my podcast. I just read his biography. And so I'm like, I'm pepper. I'm, I'm going to get ready to pepper his son. This is manifestation. Okay. So, uh, We're manifesting so, it on conversations right. with Coley. So, uh, <laughs> Let I'm me gonna, know if it comes to fruition. If it comes to fruition, I will. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and my next guest, I have some very eclectic guests. Uh, my next guest, I think she's going to be wonderful. She is a professional artist in the Dallas area. And and I just met her out and about. Like, like we talk about manifestation, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. And I just met her out and about. She told me she's a professional artist, blah, 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 blah. Next thing I know, she's going to be on my podcast. I so, love it. So many, many times, that's how it happens. People yeah. get on my podcast. That's amazing. John, this has been a pleasure talking to you. I could I could continue to talk to you all day, but I really do have to go to work. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good, Nicole. It's all good. Go make the Benjamins. It will yes. work out. I'll make at least one today. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? It is all Better than good. zero. <laughs> hey. John, thank you so much. 
Thank you for spending time listening to our conversation. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe, like, and share so we can reach more listeners with our powerful messages. And stay tuned to hear about our affiliates and recommendations. They change from episode to episode.